Hello everyone, um, this is Andrea and I'd like to welcome you to our December webinar and podcast episode. A quick reminder on asking questions, if you're joining us live today, you have the opportunity to ask a question at any time. Just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithinc.com. I'll now hand over to Mark Holton, SmithInc Director, who is presenting today's session on how to be a great leader. Over to you, Mark. Thanks, Andrea, and good uh, afternoon, everybody. Good morning, depending where you are, and welcome to our last webinar for 2023. Hasn't the year gone quick, Andrea? Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. And we've left one topic for the final one, which is something I'm a bit passionate about and something I've done a fair bit of training in, in the past with accounting firms, both here and overseas, and that's how to be a great leader. When we look at what a great leader is, well, Wikipedia, who else do you go to to get a definition, says it's the ability of an individual or organisation to lead or guide other individuals, teams or entire organisations through a process of social influence, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in my mind, what good leadership is, is demonstration of what is good leadership, leading from the front, encouraging your team to follow, and then when we finally work out the strategy we're aiming at and we get there, celebrating success. I think there's probably too little celebration of success done. So when I look at what leadership's all about, I often ask if I'm doing this session face-to-face, -face, I know it's a bit difficult online, but perhaps you might want to pop it into the chat box. You know, can you think of a great leader you've had, you've known or admired, and what made them great? It could be, you know, it could be your dad, it could be your mum, could be your grandparents. Uh, it could be someone you've worked for in your firm. It could be someone you've admired from afar. And to get you going on that one, let me share a couple of leaders that I've studied over the years, and I think we can learn something from them. The first one, as many of you might know, I've done a fair bit of work and a fair bit of study on the Walt Disney or the Disney Corporation, I suppose, method of leadership. I've attended their training sessions in Anaheim, California. That's the Disney Institute, which is the institute that trains non-Disney staff in the way Disney does business. And I've often admired the vision of someone like Walt Disney. You know, one of the great quotes I've seen from him is, whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that when other people see you, they will want to come back and see you do it again and again and again and bring others with them and show you what you do. Interesting looking at the Disney model of business, guys. They sell more uh, season passes in Disneyland and Disney parks than they ever have in the past. They actually put their prices up, well and truly put their prices up after COVID. There was no real concern as to whether or not the customer would pay because the customer knows what a good service is and they pay for it. But I love that thought, you know, whatever you do, do it well. So when other people see it, they'll want to come back and see it again and again and again. And I suppose, is that not the very nature of our business? We are an annuity business. We do it well and we do it strong for a client one year. They do tend to come back and they do tend to bring others with them or tell others or certainly turn into a bit of a walking, talking billboard. If you ever get a chance to study leadership, Look outside the accounting industry is the best advice I can give you. Look for what other leaders around the world in different businesses that might not be an accounting firm, but they're still dealing with the same clients. Someone once said to me, you know, we're not a theme park, we're an accounting firm, but the same people that go to theme parks come to us for accounting services. And, and the average consumer knows what good service is too. 
and also what good leadership is. I've also done a fair bit of study on this guy. This is Bob Iger or Robert Iger, and he was known as the acquisition CEO of the Disney Corporation. He was the guy that commissioned the deals with the assistance of Steve Jobs to get Pixar on board, to get George Lucas, the Avengers on board, and certainly uh, more recently Fox Communications. He retired as the CEO of Disney, went on the board as executive chair, and just recently he's been brought back off the board for a number of years to resurrect the ship. When you read his book, which is titled The Ride of a Lifetime, he talks very heavily about being optimistic as a good trait of leadership. He says all change or innovations that have happened in the world are due to people willing to see something others don't see. Where others see roadblocks, successful people see opportunities. Where can I target that back to? Firms looking to do more than just compliance activity. Any other sort of diversified income in your firm is in essence an innovation that we have to do properly and we have to get structured and we're gonna get the right people, systems and processes on board. But I see many, many firms that look at the roadblocks with that, like lack of time, lack of resources, lack of staff or something else I'm doing. And I often think about optimism either. Courage is another one, is not the absence of fear, but the control of fear. Of course, all leaders have extraordinary courage. Courage is the ability to take risks, make decisions, and then stick with them. What an important message that is. We all make decisions, some work, some don't, but we stand behind them, we back them, we run with them, and we don't hide if something goes astray. I'm sure in his career, where he headed up ESPN, was headhunted into Disney, and basically turned that company around to what it is today, he would have had a fair bit of courage at times and certainly very optimistic. Another great leader, I think, is Oprah Winfrey. Winfrey. And what she said is there's many different aspects of leadership that possibly we can learn from her through valuing team members and maintaining the overall vision of the firm and maintaining this at the forefront of the task at hand to ensure success. She also spoke about the importance of communication. And I think that's something that accounting leaders can take from that model of doing business and build into their communication and their leadership process. So, so far we've had optimism, we've had courage, we've had vision, we've had do it right and do it again and again and again and others will follow. And we've had strong communication as being strong leadership traits. I also have done a spare bit of, a bit of time looking at this model I was very fortunate to be in South Africa in 2014 doing some practice management seminars for Great Soft and had the opportunity to go out to Robben Island and learn a little bit about this particular chap. Mandela, his mantra was, a winner is a dreamer who never gets up, gives up. If anyone's seen or studied or watched that film that was about him and saw what he went through and the incredible adversity he faced and the way he could come out as a leader, pick it up, take the country by the handle and drive it towards success, I think was truly inspirational. Okay, so because we're on a very limited time frame today, and I will break a little bit later, and I'm keen to hear any great leaders that you guys have come across and what made them great, then one of the things I've done with accounting firms, particularly the young guns in accounting firms before, is talk about the 10 tips to becoming a better leader. Now, I think one of the most important qualities of being a great leader of an accounting firm is one, getting on with people, two, being passionate, three, 
being compassionate when the time is right, and four, to make others feel good about themselves and bring them on the journey. So these next top 10 are things that I've learned from studying good leaders, working with good leaders over my 40 years in this industry, and also working with not so good, let's be frank, leaders and trying to learn what not to do in the future. So let me give you the top 10 tips, then we'll come back and have a bit of a chat about where you guys think great leaders reside. Number one, ask each employee what they value and consider setting your practice goals to support these important aspects of their lives or employees. Get inside their head. Find out what's important to them. We often try to drive to find out what's important to clients so that we can then target our services to suit the specific needs, requirements, wants, or, oh, I suppose, concerns of our clients. But, you know, what does our employees really value? And do they support our practice goals? I do, I do a lot of strategic planning with accounting firms. And one of the things I say to every firm is, because often the strategic planning is done with the directors or certainly the very senior part of that firm. And my question at the end of it is, how are you going to disseminate this information to your team? How do you get them on board towards your strategic goals? How do you get them to buy into what we're looking to achieve? And it might be as simple as saying, guys, this is our path. I need you on board. There might be a couple of different aspects you need to do. Find out what makes them tick. I think that's the first tip of good leadership. The second one, help people reach their full potential by recognising when they do something extraordinary and compliment them on their success. Now, I know many, many firms do this and many people online are extremely good at it. And that is recognising when the team do something well, not just when the team don't do something well. Early on in my career, I copped some criticism about being too negative, telling people what they were doing wrong, not patting them on the head before I told them what went wrong. Because at the end of the day, they must be doing something right if they're there still with you as an employee. So help them develop their full potential. Look at ways you can help them train and develop their skills. Look outside the square is what I talk about. That's what I did with Disney. You know, I was coming back from Canada. I picked the day. I was always interested in that Disney and the on-stage, off-stage model of their business. And I took the opportunity to go to a session in Anaheim with about 500 other individuals from around the world. And did I not only learn stuff from the Disney model, I learned an awful lot from the people there and the networks we created and the relationships we still maintain today. So look outside that box with a whole host of things with your team. I'm big on internal communications. I'm also big on external communications to your clients. But distribute a monthly internal practice newsletter to recognise and congratulate the injury employees. Staff love to be recognised for their own accomplishments, and this will instil a sense of pride. I've sat on boards for the best part of 30 years, not-for-profits and other commercial boards. I love doing it. It's one of my things I do outside the industry. The one thing we do with a lot of boards now, first up before the meeting starts, is to do a mission moment. Talk about something that's been done well by an employee. Uh, maybe it's a happy client. Maybe it's something that we tried and we worked, something positive, something that demonstrates the mission of why we're there. And I suppose that drags back in your firm to what's your vision, where are you aiming, or your purpose? Uh, what's the mission 
as in how you're going to deliver it, and how well do you deliver it, and how do you measure your deliverance, and what values do you hold dear in the delivery of that process. So I'd strongly encourage looking for mission moments or purpose moments, call them what you will, and starting off meetings with a positive. Maybe get one of the team in to talk about an experience they have with a client that worked or maybe didn't work. Maybe it's a bit of positive communication coming out, but it all builds and instills positive thoughts in your team. Number four of 10 is communicate with your staff. Good leaders also need to be good communicators. Is that, that true? Keeping in touch with the people you are managing is an important aspect of interfirm relationships. I don't really think I need to talk too much about that one. Good communication is paramount, not only with our external clients, but our internal clients and our internal team members. I think that's a really important skill. Build consensus by allowing employees to express views on operational changes within the practice. Your job will be much more effective if you have the support of people on the front line. Is that not true? And there's another guy that I've admired and studied his leadership model, that's Martin Luther King. He said a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. And when you sit there and think about that one, as I often do at the end of the day, when I sort of, you know, molder over what I've thought about during the day, what I've done well, what I haven't done well, it is it's pretty true, isn't it, that people can have a view. That doesn't necessarily mean we take that view and run with it. But if they feel they've had the opportunity to express it, there's an open communication channel. Maybe you're involving them more in, you know, frontline meetings that are going on in the firm and taking them into meetings and letting them see what you do so very well and build up the next succession of service staff that can handle much, much more the compliance is really moulding the consensus and delivering the strategic vision of where you want to go. Number six is display a positive attitude. Do not allow your emotions to cloud your decisions. Geez, that's easy to say and isn't that hard to do. I'm a passionate supporter of Disney's on-stage, off-stage model of doing business. When you're on stage, the way you say, the way you react, your attitude, your positive or negative thought process all has an impact not only on your client or your customer and your service delivery, but your team. I've always believed, guys, and I've said this at many of our Young Guns events, is that when you're up on stage or in front of a client, which is being on stage as our person in the picture there is doing, you're on stage, give 110%. If you're going to fall apart, fall apart later when you're off stage, when you're not in the view of the client, not in the view of the team member. And we all have good and bad days. You know, we wake up and we're happy, we're sad, you've got dilemmas with family issues and relationships and all the rest of it. But when you're on stage, you've got, a, in my mind, an obligation to the client to deliver at 110%. So I've always been, go hard, go home. And when you're home, it really doesn't matter what happens then, does it? So that discipline to be in control is a strong leadership skill that we all need to practice. I mean, these things aren't rocket science. I just think we need to practice and, and measure and evaluate what we're doing and how we're doing it, what worked, what didn't work. I think that's probably the best tip you got. Go hard, go home. Number seven. Trust your employees to make smart decisions without your interference. Self-esteem is built by allowing others the opportunity to try new things and be successful. Your role as leader is to guide, is to develop, 
is to nurture, is to communicate. And we've heard all those words, be optimistic, show passion, commu- you know, and all the rest of the stuff. But your employees will make or break you. You know, good employees, good suppliers, good strategic alliances, given a little bit of rain to flourish, will at the end of the day make you look good as a leader. I have great people working for me, particularly on some of the boards that I'm the treasurer of, but I don't do the grassroots stuff. I don't need to. I trust them emphatically. They have good systems. They have good processes. They don't need me standing over the top of them saying, have you done that yet? Have you done that? Because I've communicated the how to do it, when I want it done, and then let them be. We've all got to take a take a uh, a step in building the self-esteem of our team. I really believe that. Number eight is to provide work that is meaningful and allows your employees the opportunity to stretch and grow and above all, provide the training. That's that should be essentially provide the training for, to be able to do this. Um, David and I just did a, a and Andrea, of course, did an event up on the Gold Coast in November called Young Guns. We had almost 100 young guns there. I had the opportunity to speak to some of the most dynamic, young, innovative people I've ever met in my life who were engaged from minute one, day one, to minute whatever, day two. It was really inspiring, as I said, face-to-face with them to see that the next level of accountant in this industry is so capable, so engaged, and I think another thing, somewhat fearless, but the other thing that came out to me was, um, Mark, how do I get my partners to look at more than just compliance? How do I get them to systemize compliance? Because at the end of the day, I'm not real keen on doing compliance for the rest of my life. And many of them said to me, I'm not real keen to do what the partner has done because they don't have much of a life. They work too hard. You know, their health isn't great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we've got to start to look at what type of firm do you want to build in the future. Communicate that to your team and get them on board with doing this. Not just say we do things like advisory, but take the the next step, develop a plan, get moving, set the structure, get the processes in place, and more importantly, resource the division that delivers this diversification through your firm. If we're going to keep good young people We can't get them to do the same stuff that you and I grew up on. We've got to take them further. We've got to drive at them that we're in the business of helping clients become more successful, generate more profit, strengthen cash flow, make their businesses worth more tomorrow than they're worth today, and that's a key component of what we do in this business. Number nine, cheer the practice on by announcing at least on a weekly basis the successes of previous week. We all do workflow meetings. How well do we celebrate the mission moment in workflow meetings? It increases energy, it it drives motivation, and people that are genuinely recognised for doing a good job, you're satisfying some of their basic needs. If any of you guys online have ever studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you have, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, Google it and have a bit of a look at the levels of hierarchical need. Understanding everybody needs food, clothing, shelter. But what drives the rest of your team? Is it self-actualization? Is it self-esteem? Is it social interaction? Are they the type of employee that needs the odd pat on the head to be able to continue to drive at the level you expect them to? 
Understanding what individually drives and motivates your team is a key management uh, process. And finally, number 10, doesn't the time go quick, Andrea? Educate yourself by continuously in all disciplines. Being a good leader means being knowledgeable and share this info with your employees through conferences, workshops, training sessions. The message I would give the industry from 40 years in it is that we train, train, train really well when it comes to technical skills. How well do we train, train, train when it comes to soft skills? How to manage, how to lead, okay? How to structure teams, how to develop teams, how to nurture teams, how to handle difficult clients, how to question clients, and how to negotiate, how to close opportunities. It's just assumed, I think, at times that coming out of the degree where we're taught to be very robotic, we move into compliance, which is even more robotic. At the end of the day, we're still dealing with people. And the one thing I've learned in management and leadership over the years is that it's all about people. And with that thought in play, Andrea, with about three or four minutes to go, let's open up to the audience to any questions that they might have. And also any anyone that would like to share either by chat or coming online and telling us a great story about a great leader that they've seen or admired over the years. Thanks, Mark. Uh, just a reminder, anybody, if you would like to ask any questions or um, share your favourite, will we say, or inspiring leader, um, please put it into the chat function, any questions, and I'll read those out. Or you can raise your hand if you'd like to talk about um, a leader that you would like to share with us. Uh, just while we're waiting to see if anybody would like to share anything today, I'll just remind you that the recording will be shared later today. Um, Mark, your screen has just disappeared. <laughs> Oops. Okay, we're good. We've just got Mark on. That's all good. Okay. Um, anybody want to share anything? I might start that conversation because uh, there were a few on your slides, Mark, that I like, but also Obama is one that comes to mind immediately. And being a Kiwi, Jacinda Ardern was a, a very inspiring you leader for me. <laughs> Lots of people love Jacinda. She was a bit of a shining light. It didn't end so well in the end, but I did like how she managed many, many devastating things in a few years in New Zealand. Who was that, Andrew? Jacinda Ardern. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I don't know if you noticed, guys, but she's coming out to Australia to speak at one of the growth summits in 2024 and oh, talk about leadership and diversity. It'd be fascinating one if you can get to. Uh, and Andre Agassi is also speaking at that event and quite a few others. Oh, wow. I've read so oh, oh, Self-extending your team, looking to do things that might yep. not be technically focused, but, geez, they help with your team. Looks like we've got some people wanting to um, question, and I think there was a raised hand. Let me just go to the question. Uh, John has said, uh, I thought Michael Jackson was excellent in his creativity. All of the dancing steps had to be 100% or perfect for his concerts, which I 100% agree with John. He was an incredible performer. Interesting, John, I was doing this as a face-to-face -face thing in Singapore last year. Um, for the institute over there, and somebody said they'd love to talk to the leader of Nike and ask him why did they stick with Tiger Woods when he was going through that period of uh, quite large drama. 
from a brand perspective, when so many of his sponsors left him and ran for the hills, why Nike stayed in? Uh, I think that would be a fascinating conversation to have with whoever the leader was that made the decision at Nike, Andrea, to stick solid. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, now, somebody did want to raise their hand. Could you just do that again? Um, I believe it might have been. Ange Postacoglu. Oh, Aussie Ange. Yeah, I'm with you, Jason. I've, I've just come back from London over there and everyone loves Ange at the moment. Uh, not so much the other football clubs, but certainly a lot of supporters and the team he's coaching does, that's for sure. What a tough gig that is to go into a brand-new club as a as a somewhat rookie coach in their eyes and do what he's done. Must have good leadership, must be able to get the team to follow him. You know, you look at some of the sporting greats in the in the world of leadership like Wayne Bennett, you know, and, and some of those guys and Kevin Sheedy and those guys that were in charge for so long and had to motivate different teams every year for such a huge amount of time. If you ever get a chance to listen to those guys, who go to those guys, people, I'd give it a I'd give it a crack. I'm always looking to go and learn stuff from different leaders and you know, understand what makes them tick and how they motivated people. Great. Thanks, Mark, and everybody for contributing. I think, Jason, did you have your hand raised? I think it's gone down now, so I'll just give you a moment to talk, but if you don't want to, you don't need to say anything. You are um, able to talk now, Jason, if you want to. Yeah, Jason, come online, mate. <laughs> no, I think you might have disappeared, actually. Would anybody else like to talk about anybody that inspires them? One last ask, guys. Any leaders that you've worked, any leaders that you've worked for in the accounting game that inspired you? That you oh, Jason. Would... Oh, sorry. Yep. I need to unmute. Looking permitted. Ask to unmute. Sorry, Jason. I don't know if it is going to let you today. I have let you. If you would like to chat, just need to unmute yourself. Anybody else would like to share? Oh, Jason, you've actually put, okay, you've already answered it in there. So we've got some double ups. I think that might be all for today, Mark. Oh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think it is, Andrew. You know, it's the, the best things I've learned in my career. I was trained well in tax, don't get me wrong. I've done a lot of work in that space over 40 years. But the best training I ever got was outside the industry. You know, just mm. listening to how others do, others do business and then always thinking, how would I do that in my firm? What would I try? What wouldn't I try? And how far would I let it go? You know, how do I get how do I get the staff members to be able to respond the way I want them to? But Andrew, you're up there at Young Guns. You saw so many young people there. Yeah. That in some respects, were dash restless. Would you agree? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was very inspiring, and yeah, people want to see change and be inspired themselves, and getting little bits from everybody. And yeah, it was a, it was a great group of people and um i think the last couple of years after COVID, it's been very inspiring to see everybody oh, charging forward with um innovating different ideas and just wanting more it seems i suppose even a leadership trait is maybe not controlling but inspiring the younger guys that do have that little bit of restlessness in their belly and yep. are wanting to do things differently in the future and giving them enough lead to be able to be creative and develop their own little space and get involved in other things. 
I know it takes them off the production line. We might need to find other people. Um, the one thing I will say, guys, because we're running over time, is I've heard, had more interest from more firms about advisory than I've ever seen in the last 20 years. And many firms are starting to realise that if you don't have the resources available at the moment, the only way for true success in a systematic process is to get those resources wherever it's from, internal, external, whatever the case may be. But looking at those guys at Young Guns, there's a lot of great resources out there who are really willing and keen to get involved in the process. But with those thoughts in line, could I thank you for coming on today and wish you and your families uh, a very, very Merry Christmas. It's been a pleasure being with you in 2023. We look forward to 2024 and also an extremely happy new year. Have a happy and safe break, everyone. Bye for now. Great. Thanks, Mark. And thanks, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas. See you in 2024.